Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpower podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berenday, and today I am delighted to have with me Gaia Morissette, and we will be talking about the superpower of sexual wellness. Um... Let me tell you a little bit about Gaia. She has dedicated her life to making the world a happier, sexier, and safer place for us all. Thank you very much. You're welcome. (laughs) She is a world-renowned holistic sexual wellness specialist, BDSM wellness specialist, instructor, published author, international speaker, and founder of Succulent Living. Through her sexual wellness coaching private practice, she makes sex safe, makes sex better, and helps you take it to the next level. Her philosophy is that for true sexual wellness to happen, you must look at these five aspects, play, sensuality, sexuality, exploration, and the sacred. Her published book, Stop, Drop, and Wiggle, explores the first aspect, which is our foundation of happiness, play. She's also the founder and department head of the Sexual Wellness Coaching Certification Program at the Succulent Living Institute, co-founder, of Divine Alchemy School of Magics. And she is also a high priestess of divine sexual magics and guardian of elemental magics. Fun stuff. So thank you so much for joining us today, Gaia. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be on the show and for us to have a a very juicy conversation. I know, me too. (laughs) Um, I think this is going to be a fun one, folks. So before we dive into this topic of sexual wellness, can you tell our audience what your superpowers are. I love that question. Um, My superpowers are, I would say, the first superpower is the ability to inspire others. Mm. If I'm excited about something, everybody in my radius around me becomes excited, even if they didn't really want to be excited, just as happens. (laughs) So that's one of my superpowers. And I always choose to use that superpower for good, never for evil. Um, my other superpower is pleasure and seeking pleasure and, um, experiencing pleasure and gifting pleasure and, and, you know, being the pleasure fairy basically in life. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I see you flying around with a little twinkly wand, sprinkling pleasure everywhere you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, mm. oh so, yeah. So those are my two big superpowers. Third actual superpower would be my ability to um, hear and connect to the source and divine always and accessing, um, you know, the universal truths in the universe. Yeah, that's a, that's an important one. Uh, Mm -hmm. Foundational, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, Well, I have one more superpower. Oh yeah. I'm sure you have like a million. Yeah. All right, so my other superpower is the ability to speak with animals. Mm. Um, you know, I've always, I've always had that gift. Animals have always spoken to me. And, uh, you know, a funny story about that is that, you know, my family, I grew up in a family of fishermen. And um, I always had a relationship with fish where I, I didn't eat fish, so I wasn't going to kill it, right? And so we would go fishing. And before we go fishing, I would sing a little song to the fish and have a little ritual with the fish. And then we'd go fishing. And then I always caught the most fish and the biggest fish. And I would let it go because I had made an agreement that the fish could go on a little adventure and come see the world above. 
and have a good story to tell their fish buddies. <laughs> but I was letting them go. <laughs> my, my family members were always like, that could be our lunch. I said, well, I guess you better have a relationship with the fish. And the fish uh-huh. that their lives for you to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. That's a, such a good lesson. Um, I've done a lot of work with First Nations, Indigenous people, and mm-hmm. seems to be a pretty again, foundational tenant to have respect and relationships with everything that we are engaging with, especially the things that we're killing to have mm-hmm. sustenance and nourishment. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm more of a plant communicator myself. Um, mm. And I've had, I, I, I tend to find like my animal loving, usually sisters and, uh, and I, we do the like plants and animals dance together and it's super fun. Nice. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's fun. And that sounds like a whole other, a whole other podcast episode we could have, but today we're talking about sexual wellness and the superpower of sexual wellness. Um, I was very intrigued. I was looking into your work about sort of how you came upon this, these like five pillars of sexual wellness. And I I would just love for you to share with us a little bit more about that. So what I started to find as I started doing this work full time was that my clients all seem to have these five areas just kept popping up over and over and over again. You know, they would originally come and see me because they were having some kind of, you know, sexual issue or concern. But in order for us to reclaim it and heal it and, and to celebrate, you know, human sexuality, we seem to keep having to dive into these five aspects. And I was like, and I started to see a pattern. I was like, oh, wait, I think that this is five, this is what it is. This is why this is happening, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I really loved when I got that download and that awareness that, you know, um, you know, we need to move in those five aspects. And if those five aspects are out of whack in any sort of way, it affects our mind, body, and spirit. And our mind, body, and spirit affects who we are as a sexual being. Mm-hmm. If they're out of whack. So it became this really beautiful looking at the bigger picture of a person and how... Well, we lost you for then, a second. Are, can you hear me now? Yes. How okay. We lost you at how. Okay. And how they all dance together and mm-hmm. how do they move well with each other? Is it with ease or is it with somebody stepping on each other's toes, you know? And so my job basically is to help that dance flow the way that it needs to flow for that individual. Beautiful. And would you again, break down the different, the five different aspects that I think, you know, we're going to go to a, a quick break in a little bit, but I would like to have you sort of flush all of those out and how they interweave once we get back from the break. But if you could just sort of give them to us. All right. So the first one is play, which looks at safety. And the second one is sensuality, which is being in the body and enjoying the sensory pleasure that life has to offer. The third one is sexuality. So now we're learning to surrender to that pleasure and building that pleasure to be able to be orgasmic pleasure. And the fourth one is the exploration. So that's diving into our surrendering to our true deep desires um, in the realms of, you know, exploration and kink and alternate lifestyles and, you know, the, the parts of our psyche that say are taboo and kind of 
scary, but that's where our you know deepest desires really live. And then the fifth one is the sacred. And so it's the belief that you move through the, you're here in this physical form. And instead of denying the body, we embrace the body's human experience. And it's that's how we transcend to the sacred and to divine. Mm, beautiful. I love that. I'm all about, all about that mm-hmm. part of the process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is really fascinating and I, I can't wait to, to expand on it because I love that you start with play. Um, but anyway, we're going we're gonna to open up that can of worms when we get back from the break. Before we go to break, will you tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and your work? Yeah, you can come visit me at succulentliving.com. I love it. Succulentliving.com. Gaia Morissette. And we have been talking with her about the superpower of sexual wellness. More when we get back. So stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you are ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, we are back. Um, so Gaia, will you tell us a little bit more about why you start with play? I mean, we're talking about sexual wellness. I think a lot of people would think like, no, you just, you got to get right in there. And yet you're starting with play and sensuality. Well, what I found was, because I do a lot of work with trauma recovery and trauma healing, and a lot of, uh, you know, from especially sexual abuse trauma, Mm -hmm. that in order for us to feel safe in the sexual realm, we need to feel safe in life. And what I found was, uh, before I started doing this work full time, you know, 11 years ago, I owned a pottery and a drumming teaching studio. And I got to spend my whole day was playing, right? And teaching people how to play and connecting with kids. And I used, and I watched the kids who felt really safe in the world. They were, it was easy for them to play. It was easy for them to risk. It was easy for them to explore. But the kids that didn't feel safe in the world because of circumstances in their lives, they had a really hard time playing. Mm-hmm. And so I started to see the connections between those two places. And for sexuality, human sexuality is just an evolution of play, right? It's, it's, it's like we, you know, as a kid, we get to, you know, have that kind of play. And when we're a teenager, we explore, you know, other forms of play. And then as we become adults, we get to explore the realm of sexual play. And in order to do that, we have to feel safe. And if you don't feel safe, you can't do, you can't risk, you can't be vulnerable. And, and what ends up happening is, is that uh, a lot of people who have a hard time, say, for example, uh, will take somebody having a, an issue with orgasm and being able to experience orgasms in their lives. Well, orgasm is all about surrender. Right. And if you don't feel safe, you can't surrender in the world. Absolutely. 
And, um, and many of those sexual concerns or sexual issues come from that not feeling safe. So we have to work on that. Once we, once we make you feel safe and help you achieve that safety, then you can be risk. Then you can be vulnerable. Then you can share. Then you can communicate. Then you can have all the wonderful pleasure possibilities. But until that happens, it's, it's, it's almost like on a sur- surface level. It doesn't allow you to really step into it. It's like, you're only, it's like you're having sex but only going through the motions of it versus actually engaging sexually and being present in that moment with your partner or partners, mm-hmm. depending on what lifestyle you lead. Mm-hmm. So how do you get someone comfortable with play outside of the bedroom? So things that we would explore would be like, one of the one of my exercises that I have people do all the time is the wild turkey, and this is just opening up the throat chakra. It helps to be silly. It helps to kind of feel, you know, test out those those waters in a non-sexual way, but in a you know, exploring and expanding your safety by making silly sounds um, when you're out in the world and realizing, oh, I can I, that was fun and 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 that made me laugh and nothing bad happened and no mm-hmm. one, you know, no one attacked me because I was being silly. And so I do a lot of silly work and sound work um, is one of the ways that we do an exploration um, to help people feel comfortable more in their body. Mm-hmm. It's also an exercise that I have couples do to really let go of the expectations of um, how you're supposed to look and how you're supposed to be serious and how sex is fun, right? And so I'll have couples stand in front of each other and they'll like stick each other, their tongue out at each other and they'll go blah, 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 at one another. And this really opens up the space that you now both have been silly together. You now can, now you can go on any adventure together, right? Now it's not your, your team versus, um, you know, I have to behave in a certain way and I'm worried that, you know, expectations and pressure and performance anxieties and all these things. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the, the ways in which we work around play in just play in general, like tapping into your inner child and connecting to being your creative self and these ways of expanding that repertoire of safety and play. Yeah. Beautiful. I think there's like, there's so many different ways to play and it's so easy as a grown up to, forget that mm-hmm. it's it's okay to to play and to make messes and um to do artwork that isn't going to be hung on anybody's wall or refrigerator just for the sake of letting it come out um yeah, yeah. and it's and it's so, and it's so beautiful because when we can when we can give ourselves that permission that's why it's kind of the foundation one of the one of the it's why it's the first aspect because when we can give ourselves permission to let go of that judgment and that self judgment or judgment of others and we allow ourselves to be vulnerable in that it opens up all sorts of possibilities not sure, just from totally. sexual not yeah. just from a sexual standpoint but just all across our in our lives you know yeah. that that laughter, that that silliness, that creativity—all of those come from that play-like experience. Yeah, it's hugely freeing. Yeah, oh yeah, hugely yeah. freeing. Yeah, and I love to frolic, so it's probably <laughs> you know, I'm always I'm always frolicking. You know, if I'm not working, I'm frolicking, and even while I'm working, I'm usually frolicking. You know, I'm <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not. 
uh, unheard of to see me dancing in the rain and, you know, dancing naked in the rain and skipping down the street and singing little songs. You know, I, I love to play and I love to frolic in life. And it's what brings that, those spots of joy, which is the source. The other part of that is also the source of where pleasure lives. Hmm. Say more about that. So pleasure lives in the place of joy and delight and happiness. It's like if we can't allow ourselves to find joy, there's no way we're going to experience pleasure. And if, we can, and if we're uncomfortable with pleasure, then you'll, then you'll start to see the patterns in a person's lives where they don't have much joy either in their lives. You know, because mm-hmm. the pleasure of just being you know, alive and breathing or the pleasure of the sun, the, you know, the sunshine on your skin or yeah. the pleasure of the smell of walking out after it's rained, you know, or even drinking your coffee first thing in the morning, right? There's drinking it and then there's taking that mindful moment of being able to really allow yourself to smell the coffee, to feel the warmth. It's all of that, which leads us into that sensory, that next, the next, um, the next aspect, which is that sensory aspect of, mm-hmm. of being in the senses and in the body, which and allowing those those places to explore pleasure. Yeah, those pleasure moments is what gives are are the same thing as our joy moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had I did a really fascinating interview with Ava Clay uh, called "How Embodied Ecstasy Can Change Your Life," and and she talked. She has a background in in neuroscience, so she actually talked about like what was happening happening chemically in the brain. Um, it was super fascinating conversation. Anyway, yeah, the sensuality piece and and the the um, the being able to fully experience the pleasure of just being alive, I think, is so crucial. Um, it's so easy, I think, for us to want to put sex in a box that only lives in the bedroom or your car or wherever you choose to have sex. But, <laughs> but it's like that's where we're allowed to experience pleasure and outside of there, like pleasure is taboo. Well, and the problem with that mindset or the, you know, the, the complications, I like to put, say the complications with that mindset is that it's all day long in the like I I look at pleasure as has like pleasure has like three different kind of levels to it there's like there's sensory pleasure which is like the pleasure that you get with your senses the smell taste touch you know the five senses and then there's the emotional pleasure of joy that happens and then there's orgasmic pleasure but orgasmic pleasure can't exist without the other two being before it. It's like a, it's like a, it's a continuum, right? It's mm-hmm. a continuum of, of possibilities. So if you're never having any sensory pleasure, any joy pleasure, you know, emotional pleasure in your day-to-day life, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, now it's time for us to have sex. It's like trying to go from zero to 100 in three seconds, and it doesn't happen. Because you're not in that frequency, you're not in that space of allowing that pleasure to build like all day long. I've enjoyed being alive and I've enjoyed the clothes on my skin and I've, you know, like I'm already being in somewhat a state of the beginning stages of arousal right, in my body and emotionally and mentally. And so when it comes to sexy time, it's super easy to just drop into, okay, now I can build on that pleasure into that orgasmic possibility. But if you haven't been doing that all day long, 
all of a sudden it's like zero. It's, it's like your body's like, what? You haven't even warmed me up yet. Yeah. <laughs> like what's going mm-hmm. on? Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that's one of the huge, huge complications of that culturally and societally that we only allow pleasure to happen in the bedroom. But the problem is, is that you're not having as much pleasure as you could be having in the bedroom because you don't allow the rest of the pleasure of life to happen. Yeah. I really want to just pause for a moment and let everyone who's listening to this take that one in. Like the level of pleasure that you allow yourself to have outside of the bedroom has a huge impact on what you're able to achieve between the sheets. Mm-hmm. Huge impact. And because there's so much of this, oh, well, it, you know, I, I can never have an orgasm or it, it takes her too long to warm up or whatever. And it's like, there is a relationship here. And mm-hmm. thank you so much for naming it and for outlining it as such a huge piece of the puzzle because it really is. And I also just want to put a plug in for you can have orgasms without having sex. Oh, yeah. I've had orgasms looking at flowers. Okay. So like you can have, like if you can get to the point where you are just experiencing so much pleasure in your day-to-day life that you are in an orgasmic state, whether you're having sex or not. Oh, I agree. That's how I live. That's my whole life. I have one giant orgasmic life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's the way to live. Like that's that's the whole point, right? That's like like why why wouldn't I have that? And the key to that is that what we were just talking about, right? Is the really embracing the pleasure of life, and then learning how to move into allowing that pleasure to be orgasmic possibilities, because that's that next level of pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is, it's vulnerable. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the people who are like, oh, that feels scary. Or like, you know, there's like all these stories about what kind of person that makes you if you actually allow yourself to experience pleasure mm-hmm. or what that's supposed oh, yes. to look like. You know, I mean, there's, there's so much in there. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's a whole other conversation about slut shaming. And like, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. That is that, you know, a conversation that's specifically about why do we, what are all the reasons why we don't allow ourselves to feel pleasure? You know, why don't we feel safe in having pleasure, mm-hmm. both internally, culturally, our upbringing? I mean, that's a big conversation. It is a big conversation. And I think it's one that's, you know, it's worth having. We don't have to have it right now, but it, it's, it's worth at least just planting the seeds to start asking those questions. Like start asking yourself these questions. You know, where did that idea come from? Why is it uncomfortable? You know, who's, who planted that in your mind? That this, this organism that is designed for pleasure, our bodies are designed for pleasure, right? Yes. There is a really intelligent design designer if you will that created all of this right Mm -hmm. whatever whatever words you want to put on it like something created this organism and created it to be able to experience pleasure in all different ways and so if if there is a thought in your head that is saying it's not okay to experience pleasure or who am i if i experience pleasure like, where did that thought come from? Whose mm-hmm. thought, who's thought actually is that? 
whose programming is that? And does it, does it continue to serve you to wear it? You know, mm-hmm. I just, I really want our listeners to, to think on that, you know, because mm-hmm. it, because we're designed for pleasure. Our whole, our whole DNA and cellular structure is all geared around pleasure and sensory stimulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's engage it and, and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Instead of engaging, because this is the other part, is that as much as we engage, we do engage our sensor, our sensory data all the time in that smell doesn't smell good, or that doesn't feel good, or there's physical pain in my body. Like we go to the, we go to the, the suffering and the unpleasant uh, sensory information. Mm-hmm. And we, 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 we grab onto it, we hold onto it, we, we hold on for dear life, we wallow in it, like we embrace it completely. Mm-hmm. What if you spent that much energy and that much time embracing the other possibility, which is the pleasure side? Yeah. Yeah. And there's studies that prove that just from a you know, biochemical response that when we choose the pleasure sensory and we heighten those and we awaken those and we focus on those, it actually helps our body to handle or, you know, like it helps us with pain management. It helps us with, you know, stress hormones. Like it helps our bodies to function better by embracing the pleasure instead of embracing the suffering. It helps with wrinkles too. It does an aging. <laughs> yes. Just put that out there. If you really need to be sold on why this is important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People always ask me, like I start talking and, and I start talking about how long I've been doing things. And, and it's always funny. They're like, what? You're like only like in your late twenties. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like 44. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like, wow. What, what's your secret? Laughter and orgasms. <laughs> you totally are a pleasure fairy. Laughing orgasms, a little sprinkling of fairy dust. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so okay, so we got to sensory. Yes, we got to sensory. Let's go okay. into sexuality. Let's go into the sexuality aspect. So sexuality is where we get to explore. Now, we've already had all, we feel safe and we have all the sensory like, oh, I'm so good to be alive and my body feels fabulous. Now we're like, okay, now we're going to have some playtime. Boom, chicka, wow, wow. And our body is now ready to like have orgasmic pleasure. Now we're ready to explore orgasmic pleasure. But... This is where most people struggle with understanding that it's about surrendering to orgasmic mm-hmm. pleasure possibilities. It's not about making orgasmic pleasure possibilities. Yes. Yeah. And when we spend so much time trying to control and make our orgasms happen, they usually run the other direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> usually don't get to have them. Erectile issues start to happen. Ejaculation issues starts to happen. All sorts of bad things happen when we start to try to make and control sexual, sexual pleasure and orgasmic pleasure instead of surrendering and allowing it to build and 
allow it to go its course. Because I always teach that orgasm is the happy byproduct of pleasure. Mm-hmm. I love that. The more, the more pleasure you have, your body just builds and builds and builds, and then it, it erupts with an orgasmic release. Yeah, totally. So really in that, in that realm and that aspect, it's about ex- letting go of the control and learning to surrender and allowing it and giving over to the pleasure and allowing that pleasure to move into orgasmic, whatever that looks like. Yes, absolutely. And, and whatever capacity, right? You cannot like you were talking force about being, an orgasm. Don't force an orgasm. And that's where we get to really explore, like, you can have knee-gasms and toe-gasms and elbow-gasms <laughs> and, you know, like, your whole body becomes this one orgasmic possibility. Right. Because you allow it to happen and you don't control it and your mindset isn't like, well, my... You know, I can only have a clitoral orgasm. I can only have a vaginal orgasm. I can only have a genital orgasm, right? I can only orgasm this way. And when we move in that way, because we're still trying to control it, we deny our ability to full all the other types of orgasmic releases and orgasmic possibilities. Mm-hmm. Which is also where you were talking about looking at a flower and having an orgasm, mm-hmm. right? You know, or having a sunset orgasm because you're right. just hanging out with the sunset. It's so beautiful that your whole being just surrenders and it's a safe environment for you to actually have an orgasmic release. Not yeah. just a, oh, that's nice. It's more like a, oh my God, right? Mm. Kind of yeah, full body. Yeah. Full body. Your whole body is vibing and tingling and, and releasing, right? Orgasmically. Yeah. yeah. And then the next, ha- or do you want to make it, I don't before I move on, is there anything mm. else you want to say or ask any questions about that? No, I think, I think I'm ready to move on to exploration. All right. So exploration is my personal favorite. <laughs> I mean, I love the ball, but this one's my, like, I have to say is my, my favorite. It's, it's where we learn to go beyond our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And it's where we dig into what is our primal desires. You know, sexuality, the whole, for sexual wellness to exist, we, both, we need both the sacred and the primal. One isn't better than the other. They mm-hmm. have to exist equally within us. I would say the primal is sacred too. I mean, Well, yes, yes. Well, it is, right? Because it's a part of the whole process, yeah. right? Um, so I really believe that that, that primal is that desire, those, those core desires that are the things that you don't want to share those vulnerabilities. And in that really deep vulnerable place is where we grow our relationships, our connections, our communication has to improve. I mean, it's, if you can tell your partner that, you know, Hey honey, I'd really like you to spank me with a rubber chicken while wearing a tutu. You can then have that conversation. You can have any conversation with your partner. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like in that realm of exploration and adventuring with each other, it allows the deepening of that relationship. And then you can see how it plays out in all the other aspects of your relationship and your intimacy with each other. Now, how do you navigate it in, in a couple situation when one person in the couple wants to explore in a level that makes the other person uncomfortable? Um, I really, I try to teach people that when they're in the process, they may find out if you're, so that you prevent that. That's one 
give you if you're already in a relationship, (laughs) you know, and that Mm -hmm. that you're at meeting each other at different levels. Um, I always talk about negotiations. You don't have to meet the person exactly where they are, right? So let's take the example of the rubber chicken juju scenario, right? So you come to your partner and you say, you know, I have something really important and I'm very vulnerable I want to share with you. So you need to set up this, the conversation at the right time in the right place so that your partner can be ready and present in that moment with you. And, and then you say, okay, I don't want you to, you know, like just breathe before you respond, right? <laughs> like don't react just like listen and and breathe and you know when I'm done talking we can you know negotiate right mm-hmm. so you go to your partner and you say what it is that you're really desiring and then you both take a breath together and the partner who just heard this thing that's inside might be like what <laughs> you are what no right takes a breath and says well I'm not a, I'm not completely comfortable with whole right now. With what part? Sorry, you, you. Okay, I said so you, you you would say to your partner, the partner who just is uncomfortable in that moment can say, mm-hmm. I'm not completely comfortable with the whole scenario. Uh-huh. Yeah. However, I am willing to um, you know, do a little bit. So like a baby step, whatever that baby step is of that comfort level for that person. Right? So it might be this conversation about you know uh, you know some dirty talk about rubber and for example or what? or I can wear the tutu. So what ends up happening is that. The, a lot of times when we're uncomfortable with our partner's desires or requests, it's because it goes beyond our uh, framework that says this is safe and this is okay and this is acceptable. It's our own, our own belief systems. And if we can kind of step in just a little bit on the other side of that line and we can test that water, what I found over and over and over again is that then it's like, oh, well, this isn't so bad. Oh, well, maybe I'll explore a little bit more with you. Like, mm-hmm. it be, right? But the key is, is that the person who's going to talk to your partner about what it is that you want, you also have to be okay with that your partner may not be willing to do all of it for you, and that, and that that's okay. But that you're not. There's not this. Um, there's not this hiding between each other anymore. Like there's an honesty, there's a negotiation, there's this conversation about, well, how can we explore this? How can we explore this together? Or how can we explore, how can you get this need met in a way that works within the confines of the agreement of our relationship style at this moment? So it becomes a big part of negotiation and conversation. And I think the biggest, the hardest part is to have that first conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once those conversations start to happen, the evolution just starts to happen because sexuality is an evolution. Like it, it doesn't stay stagnant. Like once mm. you once you're open to understanding that it's an adventure and it's a journey, then it starts to evolve and you start to grow with it. And you start to grow together with it. And that's the key to being successful is that you're doing it as a team and yeah. you're not carrying any shame. 
and you're not hiding and there's no secrets. Yeah, totally. And I think there's something to be said too for the, um, again, just like with the, you know, who would I be if I started to allow myself to experience pleasure? I think that that piece can come up again once we enter into the realm of exploration where it's like, well, what does that mean or say about me if I say yes to that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that, and big one, right. And, and that even just allowing yourself to say, okay, I'm going to say it, I'm going to allow myself to say yes, a little bit. I don't have to right. say yes to all, but yes to a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like it changes that brain patterning. It changes that neural pathway. It changes, you know, it gives space to let go of that. It doesn't really matter what that makes me. That just makes me having an adventure with my partner. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't define you. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't so, mean you have to post it on Facebook that that's what you did with your partner. Just well, that's just post. it. Like, you don't have to tell all your friends. <laughs> social media, you know, out a, you know, email. You know, yeah. it's an adventure of safe containment of trust within your relationship, right? And that's, I think that's what I love so much about exploration is that it creates this beautiful intimacy and vulnerability and trust that just builds within that relationship and just oozes in a good way out into all the other aspects of your relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And therefore your life too. And well, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you start to be able to communicate. Your throat chakra opens up. Those, those, it, those fears, those, those, you know, those thoughts that you were just talking about. Like, what does this make me, and what does that mean, and all of those things. As you start to, it gives you permission to let go of those because those messages and those, those thoughts and those beliefs have been stopping you from living the best version and the and and you embracing the orgasmic life that you deserve to have of pleasure and joy and celebration and so it just starts that process that each time those moments come up is a beautiful gift for well how does this serve me and is this serving me and is it time for me to let go of it and choose something new yes yes to all of that inquiry and discovery and exploration yes Mm -hmm. So then that brings us to the sacred. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? That brings us to that place of being able to drop in and connect and be mindful in our bodies and in the human experience and through this amazing human experience in this body, in this time, in this place, we can reach higher states of consciousness and awareness that become more. And it becomes a, a way of, you know, it's kind of like the gateway of, of, you know, we talked about this orgasmic life and it's how we embrace all of those things. And, and being, and I just want to talk a little bit about embracing the human experience does not mean just embracing all the pleasure, pleasure, like, I, you know, I talk a lot about pleasure and, you know, I'm a pleasure fairy, but I also 
am a firm believer that we need to have the full gamut of the human experience. Mm, the good, the, yeah. Right. Right. Like I, it's not just about being a bliss bunny, so to speak. Right. It's mm-hmm. not just about delight and orgasms and joy. It's also about, you know, sadness and fear and anger and envy and the whole gamut of the human experience. But when you start to move into the realm of sacred, what ends up happening is that you embrace the human experience, but you don't get stuck in the human experience. Yeah. So you end up allowing yourself to fully engage in whatever that is, learn from it, experience it, feel it, release it, and move through it, and next. And so you don't stay stuck in anything. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's through that process that we reach that we're capable of then reaching those full glorious places of ecstasy and seeing divine and having visions and, you know, having the kind of sexual interactions where you're now moving with sexual energy and sexual magic and, and Mm -hmm. using sexual energy as a creation and creating and, and problem solving and healing and all these great things can happen from it. It, it moves from just the place of orgasmic release to now to this divine possibilities. Yeah. And that's why I said that's my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's really, we should have another uh, interview about sex magic because that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite topics. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So beautiful. I love, I love the journey you just took us all on. Um, this was so awesome. Is there, is there anything that you want to make sure that um, you leave our listeners with that hasn't already been covered before we close out today? I really want our, uh, the audience to, I give you permission You know, I give you permission to expand, to explore, to question, to be uncomfortable a little bit Um, and, and to start to say, if I could leave you with one thing is that I want you to start saying yes to pleasure, Mm. even the word yes, you know, say it, say it with that pleasure, with that in it, you know, even the word pleasure. How do you say that word? Do you say pleasure or do you go pleasure? You can feel the difference. It's like the vibration of that. Mm-hmm. So that would be one thing I would love the audience. And the other is to moan more. <laughs> moan your day. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> hmm, right? There's, there's like these two really awesome frequencies that help us to change our brains. And one is, mm, and the other is, ah. Mm-hmm. And both of those, those frequencies and those sounds what that does is it sends a message to our brain, good, more, want more, good, more, want more. And that's why we do it when we're eating. We're eating and we're like, mmm, this is so good. And, and, and it's, it's sending the message to your brain. And your brain's like, yes, and give me more. Put more in my mouth. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And that, ah, uh, it's like a release. It's like a, a letting go sound, right? And it's, it's a surrendering sound. So do those two, if you make those sounds more in your day-to-day life, just give yourself permission, you'll start to see the shifting that will start to happen in other areas. Seriously, that, that is such great advice, and I stand wholeheartedly behind it. I'm all about making sounds and seeming totally weird in public places because you're making noises. Um, 
or even at your own breakfast table, whatever, like your, your family can deal with it and learn from it because that it's like, it's for you. Mm -hmm. It's not about anyone else and how they perceive you or what this is for you, for your experience. And it feels so good to let yourself make sound. And the other thing that I found is a beautiful byproduct is that when you give yourself permission to make sound, you give everybody around you permission mm-hmm. to make sound. And at first people are like, what are you doing? Right? And this is, this, is, this is how I've helped myself and others is that they're like, what, why are you making so much noise? And I always say to the, the person, I'm like, well, what, what do you mean what am I doing? I'm like, why are you not moaning? Yes. <laughs> What's right? wrong like, with you that you're what's not making wrong? Exactly. It's like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Why are you not moaning? Right? Like it's it's like and it changes the whole conversation because mm-hmm. they were they were coming from that place of fear and they made their statement and they expected that you were gonna respond from a place of fear and that you were gonna stop it because it was making them uncomfortable. But when you turn around and say, Well, what's wrong with you that you're not moaning? Like, does your food not taste good? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it tastes good. Well, then why wouldn't you let your, yourself moan? Yeah. And what ends up happening is almost, I would say about 95% of the time, people start moaning. <laughs> right? There's that 5% that's going to hold out on you because they have their own stuff and their own shame and their own fears and their own stuff, right? And, th- you know, that's their journey. But the other, like 95% of those people are going to be like, you're right. Why am I not moaning? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Because we all want to feel good. Fundamentally, we all want to feel good. And again, like we're designed for pleasure. So let's let ourselves experience the brilliance of the design. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sure our listeners have gotten a lot out of it as well. Again, we've been talking with Gaia Morissette about the superpower of sexual wellness. And until next time, our listeners, I love you so much. Go out and love yourself. Go out and moan some more so that you can love the world more deeply. (laughs) And thank you so much for having me. This was a beautiful conversation. Absolutely. And you're so very delightful. I can't wait to have more conversations with you. Yeah, likewise. Hmm. All right. Many, many blessings to all. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.